I do things a little bit differently. I use one of these. Um, pastor said I could stand on a block over here, but I'm afraid I'm going to fall. So I hear you in that, Pastor Jim, and then I have to run back and forth to the speaker. So, But um, I am excited to have the opportunity uh, to be here this morning. I'm excited for a couple of reasons. One, I get to preach the gospel. I love the opportunity to do that. Um, another reason, my wife, Mercy, her birthday is today. So if you see her, she's with Sunday school right now, but it's her birthday. And um, we're actually uh, kind of speaking together. I'm speaking this, this week, and then Mercy is going to be speaking next week. So I'm excited about that. And we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 15. So if you want to go ahead and, and turn there, uh, Luke 15, uh, verses 1 through 7. And um, I think it's important that I share another snippet of my story before we dive into the context this morning. And, and um, if you've heard me speak before, uh, I know the students know this, but um, Jesus completely set me free from a life of addiction and destruction. He found me and I found him and, and uh, I left all that stuff behind and I, I began to pursue Jesus. And, um, and I remember not too long after finding Jesus and him totally supernaturally transforming my life um, and setting me free from all that stuff that I wanted to go into ministry. And I found out about this ministry school. And you may remember um, in Character School of Ministry, they're the school of ministry that uh, put on the theater production here at the church. If a woodchuck could chuck wood, uh, you might have came out to that. I played the, the, the pirate, Captain Zeke. Yeah, the crazy old pirate. That wasn't hard for me to play, by the way. So, But um, yeah, I remember when I went into the ministry school, we used to travel all over the nation um, to different churches and uh, different venues. And, um, uh, and I remember I got to share my, my testimony at different churches and different things, even school assemblies. We did school assemblies. All sorts of neat opportunities to tell people about Jesus um, through, that, through that ministry school. But uh, when we weren't doing that stuff, uh, wherever we would travel, we would do some sightseeing. So if we were near New York City, you know, our, our class went down to Times Square and uh, went to go see the Statue of Liberty. And uh, I remember there was this repetitive statement or phrase that was said a lot when I first went into ministry school. And that phrase was, where is Shane? All right, so on the count of three, I want you to say that with me. You ready? One, two, three. Where is Shane? Yes. Um, some of the staff say that now um, uh, because I tend to kind of wander. Um, but I remember, uh, you know, they, they found me. Um, and when they found out what I was doing, um, I, I didn't get in too much trouble. Because what, what was happening was I was looking for an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Like I just, every chance I had, I was trying to tell someone of what Jesus had done in my life. I was excited about that. And I wanted to tell people about that. Yeah, the Statue of Liberty is awesome. But man, Jesus, what he's done in my life. And I remember telling people and, and uh, when my team and when the class and the, the, the school director realized that that was what I was doing, I didn't get in trouble. I did get warned like to please tell them where I was going so they knew that I was okay. Um, and, uh, that was just something that I just, I just did. I, and I wasn't, I wasn't lost. I, I was found. 
I had found Jesus, so all I wanted to do was tell others about him and share the amen, praise God, and what he had done in my life. And I've been serving Jesus now for uh, 20 years. And, uh, you know, some seasons, there's, it's just awesome living for Jesus. And there's seasons that are full of pain, challenge, different obstacles and things like that. And, and I feel like sometimes that, that passion that we discover in Jesus when he finds us can get, can get hammered away at. It can get pushed down. Sometimes that we can forget um, what Jesus has done in our lives. And, and today's talk or message um, is to remind us of who he is and, and what happens when he finds us. So if you can, turn, turn to Luke 15 and we'll read verses 1 through 7. Um, and it says this, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Got a little dramatic there. So Jesus told them this parable. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he gets out a cell phone and calls together his friends and his neighbors. I added that part. Saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Now, before we dive into the text, um, there's a couple groups of people that kind of jump out in this um, reading. And I want to like share that with you. There's the Pharisees and the scribes. Um, if you don't know anything about them, or if you do, this is a good reminder. They were the religious elite of the time. Um, they were the spiritual leaders of that time. And they could not and would not be seen associating with either tax collectors or sinners. Then we get to the tax collectors. And, and these, these guys, they were hated by all. Both hated by both Jews and Gentiles and Romans. <laughs> do you pray for the government alright there's a good, good comment there um, they, they, they are to this day but during this time there were different levels of taxation that these tax collectors would burden the people with then you have the sinners okay these are the outcasts these were the immoral group of society that was written off by the religious elite but for some reason, this outside class was drawing near to Jesus and his teaching. They were looked upon with disfavor by more rigid Jews. No one cared for the outside class. But for once, what was being spoken about God by Jesus, it wasn't muddied. For once, these outsiders were hearing wise words even for the worst of society. And then the, the scripture goes on to say that Jesus, he, he eats with sinners. But at no point does Jesus lower his standard of holiness. He never stops challenging his hearers to pursue a, a, a relationship with God and right living. Make no mistake, Jesus' words were of stern correction and yet full of hope even for the hopeless. 
Jesus offered hope to these tax collectors and sinners. And this is something that they had probably never heard before. Now, I I did a little bit of a deep dive on what religious means um, uh, in comparison to this context. And a a religious person compares themselves to sinners and, and, and says to themselves, I have never done what they have done. And I have been a part of God's flock my whole life. And they fear God. And they live righteous according to their light. According to their light, not God's. But Jesus didn't reject the religious. He received them excitedly. He he gladly received them. His words were of care. He tries to, to set his detractors in their place. And in his place, that they might think his thoughts, feel his feelings, And to look on the world from his standpoint. But these religious elite coldly refused and condemned his works and his efforts. But Jesus sought to bring those that were considered last in society to sit closest to him. Hear that again. Jesus considered the last in society to sit closest to him. The Pharisees and the scribes, man, they wouldn't even consider that. But Jesus flips the script. He changes things. And since the religious warner cannot accept Jesus' new approach, <laughs> there's so many things that just go over my head. All right? Literally, physically, okay? Uh, metaphorically, parabolically, okay? I have a lot of things to go over my head. And I'm so thankful, though, that I found a Jesus that, that comes down to my level. And that I have mentors and people in my life that speak to where I'm at. And that's what Jesus does. He doesn't reject these religious people. He tries to come down to a level of their vision so that he can, he can maybe get through to them. So he does this teaching. He uses a parable. And a parable is a story that, that um, helps to paint a picture for a truth or a principle that you have the choice to apply to your life. It also means to place something next to something else. To place something known next to something unknown. And Jesus did these parables, all right, to connect with people, all right? He, he taught these parables to um, uh, uncover things for people to help them expand their their imagination and uncover some things and then he also he taught he taught these parables sometimes to hide things so that people would come and ask questions and 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 want to know the deeper meaning behind certain things but jesus says that the one tending sheep leaves the 99 for the one Now, as I'm reading this, I feel like I discovered something like at one point, the one was a part of the 100. Now, we don't know why the one wanders off. And it is possible that some of these tax collectors and sinners at one point in time sought God, but the religious elite told them to stay away, get away, and that they don't belong. So they did. No one knows why one would leave the 100. Maybe 
there were feelings of not belonging or that there was more to life than just staying safe or maybe they were mistreated. And as Pastor Jim and I talked a little bit about sheep, sheep can just be dumb. Maybe it was just out of stupidity. All right, let's just call it what it might have been. Now, sheep always, always get a bad rap for being dumb, okay? Well, they're not entirely hopeless. These are some characteristics of sheep that I I discovered as I was diving into this text. Sheep have recognition and memory skills. They can form friendships. Isn't that adorable? One of the students said that in last service. They defend their friendships when there is a fight within the flock. So if you mess with a sheep's friend in the flock, they're going to headbutt you. All right, they're going to knock you down. They are visual learners. Uh, They remember shapes and color. Um, They have good eyesight. Their uh, peripheral vision, they can see behind themselves without turning their head. They experience a full range of motion. And one of the ways that they were able to discover this full range of emotion is how the sheep communicate. Okay, I'm not going to illustrate that for you this morning. I'm just going to let you kind of paint that picture in your head. Um, but the way, the way that the sheep communicate was how they were able to study um, the different ranges of emotions. They have different personalities which affect their role and friendships within the flock. And they have great hearing. And I was like, I got I to look, I got to find this because if, if I'm being compared to a sheep, I, I want to at least build my confidence a little bit. Um, but even though sheep have some savvy qualities, most breeds need the flock and most importantly need a shepherd. And here's why. Um, it was an article. Uh, a flock of 1,500 sheep have stunned Turkish shepherds by leaping off a 70-foot cliff, according to the Axum paper, newspaper. About 45 sheep died, but the rest survived as the pile built up. Some people laughed when I read that. Cushion, yes. The incident is believed to have happened near the town of Jevis in eastern Turkey on July 10th, 2005. Now, it is sad that 45 sheep plummeted to their death. But it is kind of neat that 1,455 sheep lived because of the pileup. thought that was kind of humorous. But clearly, sheep... Me, I need, I need guidance. I need the shepherd. And Jesus starts off the parable with one of the most important aspects of tending sheep, and that is care. If you tend sheep, if you're a shepherd, your your, your main role is to care deeply for the sheep. And when a shepherd left the sheep during this time, for a hundred sheep, it wasn't uncommon for there to be multiple shepherds. So, The shepherd would go look for the one and leave the others with the other shepherd. Because they had this understanding of the vitality and the value of the sheep. So, God, if you read your Bible, had entrusted the Pharisees, the the scribes, these spiritual leaders with the care of the people. And they were not fulfilling their role. He was addressing the Pharisees with this parable. Perhaps their level of care for people had become twisted. And Jesus was letting them know that 
they weren't doing things correctly and he was showing them how to do it the correct way. Jesus craved sympathy from these Pharisees and scribes that they would be a part of finding the perishing and the suffering sheep. Maybe these Pharisees and scribes, they they forgot how to treat others. Maybe they were raised to be like this. Or maybe, just maybe, they didn't want to deal with the mess that people come with. So I was doing some more research on, like, what's it like tending sheep? And here's some of the skills that kind of parallel with and connect us with how we're to care for people. You must be willing to do hard work. You must be willing to be humbled daily. Proud people need not apply. There will be days when you make the wrong decision, when you overlook the obvious, and when the not so obvious will attack and leave you on your knees. Makes me think of a sheep headbutting you, knocking you on your knees. You can't be afraid to learn new things on a regular basis. You must have great endurance. You must have patience because sheep will test you and we have to be able to outlast and outsmart them. Now, in this particular context, the Pharisee and the scribe, they might consider themselves the righteous ones or righteous. But Jesus is still calling them sheep. Jesus is saying, you may know what is right, but you're still dumb. You may, and, and this is the thing, the Pharisees, these scribes, they get a bad rap a lot of times because they're the ones that kind of gave Jesus the most problems, okay? They really were. They were the ones that really, really caused a lot of problems for Jesus. <laughs> Mainly the cross. I mean, really, they were trying to kill him. But I believe, and you know, you see in Nicodemus's life, some of, the, some of these people, these spiritual leaders come to faith in Christ later. But I believe that they genuinely loved God. When they first started out, they loved God. And, and, and they loved living for God. But they weren't recognizing Jesus as the son of God. They were missing their moment. And Jesus was saying to them that they needed to be found too. And, and it's just been my experience uh, telling people about Jesus um, over these 20 years. The hardest person to rescue or, or point to Jesus is the one that says, I don't need anything. I'm good. Pride causes them to miss a moment with Jesus. And even though I stay within the confines of the church, even though I stay within the confines of the church, even though I stay within the flock, me, personally, Pastor Shane, I need care from Jesus. I need correction. I need direction. I need motivation. I need Jesus to give me a kick here and there. Or Pastor Jim, or Pastor Jim, whoever. You know, like, I need that in my life. And we also know by reading, Jesus loves the lost. He loves those who have been mistreated. He loves those who don't think they're good enough. He loves those that are different. 
He loves those who crave adventure. He loves them. And I, you know, I told Pastor Jim, just this, I've read this passage, I mean, pretty much every year since I've known Jesus, but it hit me so differently this time around. And I know Jesus, he receives me. He receives you. He receives our worship. He, he, he accepts us right where we're at, mess and all. He receives us, but he's also a savior, a ruler that searches for us. He is searching for the lost. Those lost in their sin, he's searching for those lost in their religion. He is searching. He is actively pursuing you right where you're at, right where I'm at. He searches for us. Man, that's exciting. And I am so grateful for the day that he found me. And I found him, and I've never been the same since. But it's a, it's a constant thing. It's a constant needing him to find me and me find him. And you'll discover tending sheep is constant motion. It's constant moving. You know, the open pasture, the hills, the valleys, all, all the different things. It's constant motion. And I, was, I felt like I was encouraged by the Holy Spirit that the church, when they partner with Jesus, should be in constant motion. When you see Jesus minister and the disciples minister, most of the time, they are outside of the temple. They are outside of the church. They are in the homes. They are in the marketplace. They're in the synagogues, the schools of teaching. God moves and he finds the one and lives are radically changed and transformed. The church and Jesus should be in constant motion. And as we move with Jesus and and do what he shows us to do, we're going to experience some things like a shepherd. We're going to see new life come into the world. When you interview someone who tends sheep, that's, that's one of the things that they love the most, is seeing the new sheep coming into the fold, the, new, the newness of life. And when someone comes to Christ and they come into their new life with Jesus, that is something to get excited about. That is something to come back to church for. That is something to invite someone to church for and to pray about. Amen? It is. It's so awesome on Wednesday nights when we see students come to faith in Christ. And they repent and they turn from their, their old self and, and find their newness in Christ. You're going to be able, I'm going to be able to do things that I never thought was possible. Uh, two services ago, I talked with a gentleman and, and him and, and uh, Pastor Dave De Silva, who did an incredible job on that song about the wandering sheep. Um, him and Pastor David prayed and he felt Jesus in a profound way, and his life was forever changed. And then just a couple months later, he, he did what he, what he experienced here. He prayed with someone else, for someone else, and they were completely healed. Yes. Just because he, he listened to Jesus, he found Jesus, and did what Jesus does. And then we're going to constantly learn new things, and we're going to be able to nurture life. 
Man, that's one of the coolest things is just being able to to raise a level of care and, and do our best to care for others, to care for each other. And when I read this parable, I realize that this is a call for the religious and the sinner to come to Jesus, to come to him. In those 20 years of serving Jesus, there are seasons that, man, are awesome, man. Jesus is, man, he's doing amazing things. He's, he's teaching me things. I'm, I'm growing. There's people coming to faith in the schools that I go into and in, in the youth ministries and stuff. But then there's seasons, man, that are just hard. They're filled with pain. They're filled with frustration. They're filled with, with I don't know if I can keep doing this. But it's in those moments that We've got to dig deep and find Jesus and allow him to find us. Because when we start loving people like Jesus does and people's lives get transformed, the word is going to get out. You and I are going to want to talk with others about it. And the person whose life is transformed is going to want to talk about it. Trust me, they're going to want to talk about it all the time. And if you're here today and Jesus has found you, know That there is a place at his table. There's a place at his table. There is a place at this church. And I would be more than glad to hear your story and share the truth that I know about Jesus. And as I, you know, kind of land this thing, um, you know, one of those tough seasons that my family um, experienced before this church, we found this church and this church found us. We had a rough season before we found this church and this church found us. And God is intricately using this church to bring some healing in our lives. The leadership of this church to coach us and encourage us back to where we want to be. But I'm going to be honest with you. It was about six months and I, I, I was talking with Pastor Jim. I might still kind of be in flux with some of this. But there was about six months that I know for sure that I was serving Jesus just because it was the right thing to do. Not because of who he is. And not because I wanted to be close and hear what he had to say. I was doing it because it was the right thing to do. The religious thing to do. And he found me. He found me in my sin 20 years ago. He found me in my mess. And it was a mess. He found me in my mess 20 years ago. And I told Pastor Jim, I am praying and I'm going to continue to pray that he finds me in my religion too. Because if I ever make it about anything other than who he is and spending time with him and doing what the master does, then it's, it's a mistake. I'm missing it. My ego, my light that I shine on myself is going to cause me to miss the Jesus in this chapter. And, and I, don't want, I don't want that for me. And I don't want that for you. Let him find you today. Whether you're lost. Whether you've been in church your whole life. Maybe 20 plus years. Let him find you. Daily. Tending sheep. Walking with the shepherd. It's constant. We're in constant need. And I want to pray before we um, prepare our hearts for communion. For, for uh, all of us today, if there's anybody here that, that wants to, to come up after service and, and talk with me and, and uh, maybe have some, some time of prayer, I would love to have that with you.
But let's, let's uh, pray together and prepare our hearts for communion. God, I thank you so much um, for what you've shown me in your scriptures, Jesus. And God, find us today. Find us wherever we're at. Speak to our hearts. Speak to, to our minds. Speak to our, our pride. Speak to our sin, our mess. God, clean us up like only you can. And thank you, Jesus, for reminding us that there is a place at your table. In your name we pray, amen.